everybody once again welcome back to another bite-sized webinar usual culprits we have will murphy carl myself kate and we are thrilled to be joined by chris who is one of our colleagues uh, won't steal too much of your thunder chris i'll let you uh, say a bit about your practice in a moment um again we're just going to have a little casual chat see what's gone right, see what's gone wrong, see what's happened in the week um, before. Uh, Carl, let's pass straight over to you, wake you up. You look like you were just about to drop off. Yeah, I've had a really, really exceptionally busy day today. So I was actually saying sort of off air to Chris. Well, actually, Chris brought it up, said that uh, he's ready for the weekend. And we were talking about this in a previous uh, webinar, um, where, you know, it's just, just, uh, feel a bit tired. Uh, I want to use another word, but I won't. And, um, you know, it's, it's not been a particularly hectic or busy day. It's been straightforward, uh, fits and indexing, scanning, uh, assessments. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel a little bit like, whoa, I just want to sit down and, uh, have a cup of coffee and, uh, do nothing else. Do you think um, you're getting older, Carl? Or? Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> let's not mention birthdays. We've already been down this road. <laughs> so, already feel that I've made a mistake. But uh, so, um, I mean, is it because you're obviously having been in lockdown i mean we know or i know how busy you've been doing different things so is it being back in surgery and having to put your surgery head back on would you say uh, maybe, maybe it's a little bit maybe the mental uh thoughts process and then the hands-on thought process and you know i mean i've been doing mental things homeschooling for staff learning <laughs> learning grammar you know prepositions and uh, modal verbs and and uh, you've, you've you always know. done mental things as long as I've known <laughs> <laughs> and so so you know i don't i don't know what it is maybe i just don't want to be back at work no i, I it's it's strange and the, it was a couple of practices obviously went up to see uh chris and learning chris's sops and uh, you know kindly talking through the processes that they've got but i won't take chris's thunder but and explaining what they do in the practice which is really impressive um and then again today um a different practice slightly different sops again it's getting used to the way that they work and listening to i mean that was in birmingham at sally park and listening to the concerns that some of the staff have got and how still new it is for them and what they can and what they can't do because they've um will you might come in here they need a couple of staff that haven't been fit tested yet so they can't they haven't got anybody spare to do agps if an agp crops up because they don't always you can't always expect to have a diary and, and not have an AGP maybe crop up and, and then what do you do? And they, 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 they're ready for that, but they, they didn't have the necessary staff um, if that was going to be a, a regular thing and also the time that you have to do if that's going to happen. So they have, they have made arrangements for that and thankfully that, that was the case and it all went really smoothly. But I can imagine if you've got a practice with multiple people in it or only one room and, and certain times in the diary, that's going to be really difficult to kind of manage um, if you don't 
actually almost treat almost every patient as if they're going to potentially be an AGP patient. Um, so I think it's getting getting your head around that, and they've done that really, really well um, in in terms of um, predicting what was going to be and the use of the the spare surgeries, the interesting doffing and donning areas, and um, getting me temperature taken again. Uh, this time I was normal, so I, I was actually alive, which was good to understand. Um, and a, a, a different kind of flow because they've got it in the practice, so it's in one door and out another door, and the patients are sort of sitting in the car. There's a car park, so it's it's slightly different. Um, but yeah, you know, gen generally went really smoothly. As it did with yours, Chris, um, you know, you, you sent through how it was all going to happen uh, before we started. So it was it was good to get all that information so that there isn't any kind of guesswork going on only for the patients as well, but for, for me as a clinician walking into a new practice. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it was yeah, it was it was all right. It's just uh yeah, I'm getting old. Getting old and and I need need reminding what the SOPs are. Is this okay? Can I do this? Am I allowed to what can can I keep this can I keep this on? Do I take this off? And uh I was I was uh Paula will uh, know what colour underwear I'm wearing because she walked in on the uh changing room. Um <laughs> so thankfully I wasn't commando today. Oh. Um, <laughs> don't encourage him, Will. Don't laugh. <laughs> I'm glad I've been doing Joe Wicks. <laughs> yeah, but he's yeah. yeah. the donut watching. She was Joe only Wicks. she was yeah. only in there for three or four minutes, so I didn't have to tense for too long. <laughs> Is that what she told you? <laughs> for three or four minutes. I think I heard her thrown up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bringing this back, Will, how's um, how's your week been since we spoke? Uh, do you know what? So far, I feel like I've done a lot of talking, you know, <laughs> to patients, just kind of oh. like, how's it for you, and all this sort of stuff. You know, it's uh, and uh, I don't know. It sort of reminded me what a sort of personal kind of relationship we have with patients as well. You know, we, we think and talk a lot about teeth and we've talked about all that sort of stuff. But actually, what I've probably realized this week is, is that I've probably missed having the general chit chat um, yeah. with patients, you know, especially as I've been in my surgery for quite a long time as a, a general practice. And I guess at the moment in Newell Street, probably there's bits and pieces of the implants going on, but there's an awful lot of general dentistry that I've been you know, picking up and doing again. So, you know, I've, I've sort of been quite enjoying that and and that sort of personal side of interaction with the patients. So that's that was that was the big thing that I thought about this week. Um, the, all the AGP stuff is is almost becoming second nature to us now. Um, we've got our you know shower curtain gowns hanging up, and you know a nice supply of masks sitting there so there's no panic about that and everybody's pretty good at, at sorting out the diary so we kind of know that we're working between two surgeries so that when the agp is in there it's almost like we just put our gear on get on with it when we're finished leave the surgery and get on with other stuff in the second surgery and then sort of back in have a little tidy up and, and off we go i think you know, I think it's just treating it as 
normal now really so that's mm. you know that that's the the thing that I've I've got out of this week really how we sort of slipped into that pattern so we're very lucky that we've organized ourselves to have two surgeries per clinician and actually I think we've been reasonably uh, productive as such um because you know so many people have come in with broken bits and pieces and and needing crowns inlays and fillings and that kind of thing so you know I've sort of brushing up on the old dentistry skills again which is you know quite nice to to know that they're still you know still in the locker um <laughs> should you need them um i've also been generating ideas for business moving forward as well just sort of putting in place some of that patient um referral and recommendation stuff that i always talk about doing with the staff but kind of never always get around to it because we've been busy um and so i'm mindful that with things like implants that we do you know there can be higher value although worth it but higher value and again what a patient's income is going to be like moving forward you know is it is everybody still going to have a job and money in their pocket so i've been sort of thinking that through and also, you may not see me ever again because <laughs> I've got to take my 18-year-old out for a driving lesson after this. Wow. So if you are planning on being on the roads in Birmingham, in the Harborne area, about half an hour from now, get off. Just move off. Don't go out on the streets. Stay away. It's just not going to be safe. So I'm just just telling you now. Is this the first yeah. lesson? Is the this first... his lesson? No, he's had lessons before. Oh, okay. But this is the first time that I'm going to sit in the car. Oh. You know when you do the air brake, you know, the brake isn't really yeah. there in the passenger seat. FFP3 mask, okay? I'm going to go full. Yeah, full, full PPE. Get a, get, a, get a piece of wood as well. Get a piece of wood. <laughs> I'll be like this. You know the brace position, Will. Just make sure you know the brace position. You'll be all right. It's oh. fine. So there you go. That's me. What colour what color is your car? What colour is it? It's uh, he's, he's actually bought a car with his own money. It's like a little Peugeot 206, sort of silvery blue. Silver Stay blue. away. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's just really filled him with confidence so i really hope he can't hear you <laughs> chris, he's in the car he's in the car revving it up come on Dad. <laughs> uh, chris uh what about yourself um as carl said obviously we had an insight into some of your sops this week but how have things been for you uh since returning from lockdown and obviously this this last week it's been it's been very smooth. I think for us, is I'm I'm a single-handed practitioner in private practice, so I can control what we do. So we started to crawl, not so much walk before you run, but we started to crawl before we walked, and so we are now in the walking stage. So initially, we just saw two patients a day until we got the routine right. Then we started increasing it. So now we're seeing about four or five a day. And uh, we, still, we still do a lot of, I mean, AGPs and routine work runs very, very smoothly. I think the only difficult thing is where, you know, you, you, you're putting the rubber dam on and then it's a difficult mouth and then, you, oh, damn, it's, it's just torn. You can just ask somebody to go next door and reach another one. Now you've got to type in 
for the for, for the for the receptions to come around, go and get another one. So that kind of delays things a bit. So that, that's a bit of a headache, really. But otherwise, everything runs quite smoothly. Um, hopefully, in not next week, but week after next, we'll we'll start using two surgeries. We have two surgeries to use back. I'll be getting the hygienist back after next week, um, and then we will we'll have a little bit more to now that we've got used to the to how how to run things. But otherwise, yeah, things run quite smoothly. I think it's because I, I I'm quite an easy guy going guy in the practice. I I don't pressurize things to to have to earn so much, have to do so much, terrified to make mistakes, you know, that in case, oh my God, I took the glove off before I took the gown off. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, you can get so angst up with all these regulations that, that your whole mind is somewhere else about regulations, running, doing the work. And I just tell my staff, just watch out for each other that we do things right. And then we don't, we just correct each other. And, and, and it's a very smooth, relaxed practice. I think how you met, what helps a lot, I think, is to have nice people that come to your practice. Nice patients. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that means you're allowed to make mistakes or you're allowed to run late. And it, it's, it's a very pressure-free um, um, environment, really. Um, unfortunately, my nurse couldn't come in today, so I had to have a, a locum nurse. And um, and again, you know, it's one of the most difficult things is to work with a locum nurse, but she was absolutely brilliant. And I just says, you know, don't worry about making mistakes. You know, if you can't do it, I'll do it. Just, we'll just play by ear and we just take it as it comes, you know. And, and I think that helps a lot for, for many people who have not opened, started your AGPs yet. Just take it as nature comes and don't be afraid to make mistakes. And don't shout at your nurse, you know. I mean, it's so easy to do things like that. So I think do, you that, do you hear that, Carl? Running here. Can't, can't hear me anyway. Pretend <laughs> <laughs> not to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's why you need the three. I told you, you need the 3M. 3M. Yeah. It, has a, it has a speed diaphragm. So patients can actually hear you quite clearly. <laughs> Maybe that's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Chris, I'm I'm just going to highlight a couple of things that you've done. I mean, what you say there is is quite interesting because one of the things that I noticed that you did is you you certainly prepared yourself very admirably with things. I mean, I saw the triaging notes that you had for the patients before they come in. So there's that uh, there's that discussion that you have with the patient on the phone um, before they come in, that very detailed sort of COVID um, triaging form that they fill in, which I thought was very thorough. And again, not not in a, a kind of uh, over overwhelming kind of way, but a very calm, relaxed form, you know, fill this in. Um, just let so you know whether or not they, they've potentially at risk or not. So you categorize what risk they're in. The, uh, the fogging machine and the way that you've got the bin so that you can um, doff, take your stuff off and, and put it into the right aspect of the bin and you wheel the bin in the surgery. I, I just think little little things that you've done there in, in your practice to adapt it to your practice are really good. And the bit I love is the bell because I didn't know how to use the messaging system. So you, you said you ring the bell and, and then Bill come and sort the door. So you've got this little bell and ding, ding, ding. If I, I did say if I use that at home, that I, I wouldn't be alive. <laughs> I'd, I'd be at the same risk as Will is going to be in uh, in half an hour when he takes yeah. that, that driving lesson. I don't think yeah, I'd that, survive. That was quite funny because one of the gentlemen came in last week, and he's an IT guy, you see. And for some reason, our messaging system kind of disappeared from from the from the computer. So I rang the bell, and he just started laughing like that. That's what you're laughing at. He goes, "Look at all this." 
IT, extra oral vacuum and, and, and air purifier, all this high, yeah. high tech stuff. And you get a little bell to call your receptionist. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Even better if uh, if a if a butler suddenly came in you know, uh, with a little a little tray of drinks or something. Oh, I mean, even better. I, a, like, a, I like the sound town. of that. <laughs> it worked. Uh, absolute treat. You see, keeping treat. it real. That's what I like. Chris, how did you find um, getting hold of all your PPE stuff and and mask fitting and all that kind of carry Very on that we all have? Um, I started. Sometime earlier on, there was a rumor that 1st of July, we might be opening, you see. So I started ordering the stuff about three months ago. Um, and I started literally searching all over the world. But the main thing about the mask really is I, I went for the reusable respirators um, because they are 10 million times more comfortable than the actual mask. And it would cost me probably um, to use a respirator about 35 pounds every two months to replace the filters. If I were using an FFP3 mask, it would cost me 25,000 pounds a year. Is that because you're planning to use them on every single patient, even for a checkup, or are you just gonna do it for AGP processes? I actually use it for everything because the one that we have um, is quite different from other respirators. First of all, you have, you, as I mentioned, you have a speech diaphragm. So your voice actually projects out of the mask and the patients do hear you. But more importantly is that where, where the inlet bells are, most respirators have two inlet bells. The 3M one has four. So the breathing is very, very comfortable. And the good thing is when I put that on, my glasses don't steam up mm -hmm. and, or, or a visor, it doesn't steam up at all. So I wear that most of the time really because it's actually very, very comfortable. And, and I, could, I could easily wear it all day. I wouldn't have a problem uh, with it at all. Okay. And was that easy to get fit tested? And um... Well, the, I was recommended a, a, a fit tester. He, he's absolutely brilliant. And, um, and I searched for, for the various masks, and he suggested this particular one. So he actually brought the mask along. So all my staff, everybody wears the same respirator mask, you know, and he brought it along. Um, and I think I told people um, the Friday that I told people on Facebook who I used for it, I think that weekend he had about a hundred calls. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's very, very thorough. Um, he's, he's, mm. he's from around the Derby area. He's very, very thorough. He knows what he's talking about. And he was absolutely yeah. fantastic. But the respirators, not only will save you a huge amount of money, but they are a lot more comfortable than, um, than the actual mask, FFP3 mask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, talking about AGPs, the, Will, you'll be interested in this. I got an email from mm -hmm. my dentist, and you can start doing AGPs in Wales now. Way, yeah. If if you were, <laughs> as they say, or as I used to say when I lived when I lived there, just to qualify if anybody. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's official. It's official. I, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know, I've read that many SOPs and that many regulations and it, yeah. my brain gets a bit fuzzy now. So what's the fallow time in the in England, I nearly said the UK, then in England between non, for non-AGP, is there any? Zero. Zero. In Wales, it's 15 minutes. So... The, and they, I don't know whether this applies to private. I, 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 I know. But the, the paper that they um, – see, I'm getting wound up again already. So I, know, I, know, I know. I'm doing – 
one one article it's one article it's not even a i don't think it's even peer reviewed it's one article that somebody i read i read how they did it they so they got their iphone and they looked at the droplets that were delivered when people were speaking right. and then they measured the time that it took for those droplets to drop to the floor <laughs> due right. to gravity and it and it varied between eight and twenty minutes. So fifteen minutes if a patient walks into the surgery and uh, yeah. for a non for a non AGP patient. And have they advised people not to lick the floor as well? Is that a? I don't think they're advising that yeah. at the moment. But that will prob- that will probably be at the end of the week. That'll probably be tomorrow um, when we get when we get to yeah. lick it or not lick it. Don't don't lick it, yeah. Don't lick it. Because if, yeah. if the droplets are going to the floor, you've got to be yeah. careful not to lick the floor, haven't you? Otherwise, well, I don't know. In in Wales, the gravity is a little bit less than it is in England. That's true. So, so, so it the, might just yeah, away. yeah. That's true. But you don't have things like the five second rules that we all have in our house when we five drop second. Food. Yeah. Is that what you're <laughs> yeah. No, What's a five second rule. <laughs> you know, if you drop, have, you know, if you drop yeah. some nice food that you really want to eat. And it yeah. lands on the floor. You, if you pick it up within five seconds, it's all right. It's not contaminated. <laughs> that sounds like the same logic from Public Health England, actually. Yeah, it, it, it's a thing that's been translated into public health care um, in the UK. By, I was Kate, wa- by Kate just now. Yeah, I was watching the. Uh, I was watching a little bit of the football. Was it Wolves last night? I think I was told it was Wolves. Um, and they, they uh, and. Uh, there was nobody in the stadium, spectator-wise, but there's obviously the players on the pitch, and they've got the coaches and whoever else is. And as they were doing a substitution, they smacked each other's hands. The guy slapped him on the back, and as the guy was running on the pitch, he had a little spit. <laughs> <laughs> thinking it's it's like an absolute nightmare. You're watching and just thinking, what? To, to to me, you know, I, so I, you know, I thought I'll, I'll follow the same rules logic today as I walked into the <laughs> practice, slapped uh, the receptionist like that, you know, had a little yeah. spit on the floor, cool. and you know, yeah. but just <laughs> just, uh, just one logic, one rule for one bunch of people, and one rule for another bunch of people, and I mean, I I, I stopped actually, Chris, it was coming back from yours. I, I did a, a flyby into. Um, Burger King because they do halloumi burgers and my son likes uh, the halloumi burgers. So I stopped in and the the Burger King they were spraying the screens in between people tapping on the screens. You had the social distancing stickers. They were all wearing masks and gloves behind the counter and KFC is next to it. And I looked across and <laughs> KFC they're wearing no gloves. They were, had no masks. Sorry if you're watching this KFC. I won't tell you which services it was. Hotwood and. Um, <laughs> They had no protection whatsoever, and they weren't cleaning down the screens. And it was just, it was just. Thank God, I'm not eating. Not that I probably need to be worried, but I just thought, I'm, I'm glad I'm kind of grabbing a halloumi burger from somewhere that looks like it's sl- slightly mm. cleaner than than that where they're just nothing whatsoever. And I, I actually thought, well, I, you know what, I'm going to wear a mask because I want to get used to it. If I do go shopping, not that I yeah. ever do, but I thought I'll put a mask on and walked in. And I was absolutely astounded that no one else, apart from the people that were working in Burger King, were wearing a mask. And one of the person that was ordering, uh, it's like product placement, Starbucks, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the same one. That's it. It's be a bit cold. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's just uh, just fascinating to see the difference in the kind of 
um, attitude to certain things. It'll be interesting to see what happens with um, when we've got to wear them in the shops and whether we, whether we adapt well to it or not. Well, it's I all think... visual, though, isn't it? It's all visual. So you don't know that spray that somebody had put on Burger King's screens. They might have <laughs> just been cleaning the screen with that, but it looked good. It was an empty it bottle. Good. It was all, yeah, <laughs> yeah, being seen to do the right things. But then there's all this talk about all my patients go, oh, there's going to be a spike in November. It's going to be a mm. spike in November. So I don't know. I yeah I mean I'm I've 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 heard the same I've had the same conversations with the patients like you said Grill well it's lovely to start talking again and there's some really good I've missed the good conversations um you know it's it's really been good to talk to people see how they're doing obviously we've talked about this people coming out of isolation I had one lady today that's seen no one and because of her family um being worried about her she's been isolating totally so she's seen nobody um at all no one's visited her at all no social distance it's all been done by phone calls and her first visit today was to the practice and then back in the car again so so it was a big thing for her and it was really nice and she, she it was really nice just having a chat and a conversation yeah. even if it was behind masks and gowns and gloves yeah. but it was really nice just to be able to have that and kind of give her a little bit of uh, a social life again, I suppose, even protected social life and a necessity mm -hmm. as well. Obviously we, we needed to do what we did. Yeah. Um, and that was lovely. And I can't remember what I was going on. At the <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter. It was you know, off a tangent. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> great for you. It's great to, to talk. I think what's really important as well, and I've certainly heard it from patients is realizing that it is still you guys is still us. Yes, we may have a bit more on and yes, it may be a little more difficult to understand, but it is still us, you know, the cheeky chappies, the jokes. And as you say, I think that puts the patient's minds at rest more than anything, or from yeah. my experience anyway. And the PPE is reassuring as well. You know, I think that they can see, I mean, they could see anyway, you know, I think I think our patients got a lot of confidence in us as, as dentists because they're always seeing the nurses going around cleaning, spraying, anyway even before all this um and now it's just you know an, an, another level again we've said it all along though it's communication so you know if the patients actually know what they're going to be coming into you know slightly different to perhaps your last visit yeah. but it's still us it's communication i think mm. it's key i really do and with, and with go on carl I was going to say, and everybody goes quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you all talked out. Carl was saying earlier, he's all talked out now. That's oh, I it. don't know. I'm, I'm back up again now. I've got my energy back. I can't, I can't, <laughs> um, I can't, you know, I, it's, I'm trying to think of what I was talking about, but it's absolutely going to be. It shows you got realize weren't listening because otherwise you'd blimmin' why remind me. Well, to be fair, you're talking about Burger King and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just all and about then, food. You were saying oh, it was yeah. good to be talking to patients again. That's what you were saying. Yeah, I yeah. think phone call, um, the patients really appreciate the chat, you know, because because it just relaxes them that, you know, you're talking to them and you have a good laugh over the phone, you know. And then as you saw our patient communication, there's a photograph of what we might look like when you walk in. There's not, there's a shop there. Yeah. And it, it, it shows them photos of the various things we'll be using. So it doesn't shock them when they actually see it live, you know. And I think quite a, a lot of patients commented on how how much it actually helped to to attend the practice to see what was what what visualize what they're going to be seeing when they walk in. 
Yeah, we've done a similar, very simple little video on the website, just so, you know, just just really briefly just explaining the journey, which I think has been really helpful. Mm, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. With um, a couple of the practices that, that we work out of, um, there's just been a couple of uh, individuals that have said that they they marginally sort of, if you like, maybe disagree with some of the procedures that are in place so you've got say the principal dentist thinking it should be one thing and you've got the the support team potentially thinking it should be something else with with yourself chris and and you will uh, carl it's different for, for you obviously but with you two when you were doing your sops etc did you sit down as a team did you discuss them right at the beginning or or what did you do yeah we we um I mean, really, I spent a bit of the, the lockdown time sort of uh, referencing other people's SOPs, if you like. Um, that's another word for stealing. Um, <laughs> and and amending them if uh, just to kind of suit us, because some of them were very comprehensive. And I just knew, you know, I wasn't probably even going to read all of them, let alone, you know, my staff. So I, I sort of tried to encapsulate that. And then we had our um, Zoom meetings, you know, in the build-up. Mm -hmm. So I did a little timetable of returning to work, which was about two or three Zoom meetings a week, going over the um, SOPs and getting everyone to do their own individual risk assessments, because um, those seem to be the two important things to, to be ticked off with going back to work. And to be honest, I think everybody was fine with it no resistance there was a bit of chat about i think the obviously the fallow period um people were hearing different things about fallow period for non-agp like we've just discussed so um i think that was the only thing people sort of batted around a little bit until i said there isn't one and then that's it <laughs> decision made <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm not. There wasn't any team really. I just, I think the best SOP to use really was the FGD, FGDP one, and to helped you to think. Well, especially FGDP when it helps you to think through things. So I spent a lot of time reading through that, setting the thing up, checking against the public health one, make sure certain things are legal, and then I spent hours on the internet um, researching. Uh, research papers what I'm going to do to so so we actually have a piece of paper with all the links to websites to research papers this is what I do is officially has been researched it doesn't just come out of my out of my imagination you know so um, and I just set all that up and then before we opened we had two two separate days of training um, and then we just went into it but it's much easier as a single-handed practitioner and and the staff are quite they 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 know that I would put a lot of effort into it, so so it's going to be kosher and it's going to be right. So they didn't, you know, and ask one or two things. They after the after the first day, first week, we sat down and they suggested a few things. So we altered that, and uh, it literally took about four four or five days, and we were we were up and running really. And the staff were brilliant, you know, they were very very good. Um, I think it's it's the danger of being too complicated with the with the with the SOP. You know, some people's SOPs are like sixty pages, but. The first ten pages is the history of what is COVID. It's like reading a reading a kind of biological um, document where really the it really needs to be six pieces of paper before yeah. treatment, during treatment, after treatment, 
that's it. You know, you just have exactly what they need to do. And so the staff just got a cookery lesson book, really. Whereas I understand why we're doing what we're doing and I explain it to them so it's easier to remember. But our SOP, I think, is actually very, very simple. Um, it's just to the point without any extra stuff. Chris, what's your opinion on the 60-minute fallow time? I mean, Carl and I have expressed strong reservations, maybe, about the whole thing. <laughs> Um, but, but it's interesting to hear somebody's opinion on it. Something you wouldn't know about me, Will, is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a philosopher. I, I, I did a full degree in British analytic philosophy. So logic, ethics, um, epistemology, grounds for belief and you know, critique of science and evidence, that was really my strong points at, at, at the university. So for me, one of the most important things about the um, fellow time with Public Health England is they were basing it on all the things they don't know. Well, we, we, this is a new virus, so we better do this, we better do this. You should really set things up on what you know first. So the first thing is that you know from, from basic science that if you put the rubber dam on properly, the reason why we put the rubber dam on because you now have a dry field. And therefore, if you have a dry field, it means there is no saliva. If there's no saliva, there is no contaminated aerosol. To say it any other way is just illogical and unscientific. So if you've got the rubber dam on properly and you've got your high volume suction there, which um, the research shows it removes 95% of aerosol, and that's 95% of non-contaminated aerosol. Because there is no contaminated aerosol. You cannot deny logic. And then we have the, I think I showed um, how uh, we have an extra oral suction. And when we do AGP, I have a particle monitor right next to it. And this one behind me, right at the floor of me too, you see. It was interesting that the, um, the, the, lo the local nurse who was helping me out today was looking at it. And then I, and after we did the two AGPs, uh, I explained to her what it was. And she says, well, it never been moved at all. It just stayed at baseline. I said, exactly, but there's actually nothing going there. So the air is actually clean in our surgery, completely clean, you know. But then if you put the rubber dam on, well, if you have no contaminated aerosol, why do you have to wait an hour? Because Public Health England, for me, their logic is so most unscientific. They say open the window and you have six exchange, exchanges of air. But they don't say how large that window. That has to be essential to say what the opening of the window has to be, what size it has to be in order relation to the room. So they just give you a generic example, which can actually be quite dangerous because I actually saw on YouTube um, a particular area's um, SOP whereby they said, and we leave the window open. Now, when you look at the window, it's one of these hotel windows that opens about two inches. <laughs> that was it. But they pick the box, you open the window for an hour. So that is not going to have any exchange of air. So for us, our, our exchange, this, this, given that we have no contamination, we don't need an hour at all. You know, it's different if you're not using rubber dam and you're just slapping everything else, you know. But we, okay, we Chris, if, time at all. if I'm making you the supreme world leader of dentistry and you can make all the rules, what yep. what fallow time are you going to tell us that we we have to use? Because you can't just say it depends. You've got to, you know, you've got to deliver a piece of paper to the dental world who's waiting on everything you say, what what do you reckon? What should we go for? So, so the fallow time. Well, first of all, all scientific evidence here yeah, is relative and conditional. 
So a fellow type, I would say, is if you use a properly applied rubber dam, meaning you have a dry field and you have a high volume suction, meaning an engineer has been to your practice, attached a monitor to check exactly what your airflow is, not just hearing it. And, and, and that's what we've done. And it showed that we have a high volume suction. And you have, at the end of the day, um, an extra oral suction right above the patient. And then, and right next to you, you have a, 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 a monitor. Well, then I would say your, 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 your fellow time is zero. There's, there is no contamination there. However, for me, it's important that we have at least 15 minutes. It's just a break. Because all that gear, you know, because let the nurse kind of, we, we doff, go upstairs, drink some water, a cup of tea, you know, and then come back down, go into level two, and then start wiping things down, you know. And it's just to let the, the swap to settle down. It takes five minutes, but 15 minutes, I think, is healthier for the, for the mind and the soul, really. And, and Carl, if I transferred power to you, Oh, oh no 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 no! <laughs> Is he the wrong person to be given power? <laughs> oh. Would he use it wisely or dangerously? Oh. Oh. Do, do you know it's a it's a really it's a really fascinating one, isn't it? Because you have to you'd be start. I would be doing lots of detail. Well, I've already done it. <laughs> I'd be looking at all the available evidence that I had towards. Um, that I could look at that would involve what I would regard as uh, the risk in performing dentistry, AGP or non-AGP. I'd then make a decision is, is there any viable risk? And then what do you do if you perceive that there is a risk? What do you advise? And then I would probably give the power back to the individuals that run those practices and say, look, if you wish to wear a respirator for this procedure, then that's absolutely fine. But if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, then that's also absolutely fine. And I'm not going to worry or I'm certainly not going to bring any kind of law upon you. But, you know, if you're going to wear nothing, then maybe I'm going to get a little bit irritated. So I would kind of pass the power back to the individual practice teams and say, look, this is what we know. This is the knowledge. This is the information that you can look at and decide in your own practices as to what you deem is required for a mask or PPE within your teams and what you want to do. And it's almost like, this is the, this is what we know. There you go. Use this information. So I'd collect that information in a, in a package and then pass it back and say, you're all clinicians. You all understand how this works. You've been working with patients that are potentially infected since you've qualified and before you qualified on those patients this isn't anything that um, contamination wise isn't anything that we've had to deal with before, but yet the consequences are very different. If that makes any sense, it's not, it's not something new, a pathogen, a virus isn't anything new. We deal with these all the time. So that's what my power would be. I'd give the power back. <laughs> <laughs> you asked, Will. You asked. Oh. So what about you? Well, I was, so I was you waiting for five power. minutes or something like that, you know. Well, do you know what? I'm, I mean, I, I kind of, I am I am kind of in that zone where I, I don't understand the difference between what we call an aerosol-generated procedure where you're picking a drill up and drilling a tooth compared to a patient that coughs. And that I, I, I find that I can't quite get my head around how you can define the two are any different. And in fact, any, if anything, a patient that comes into the surgery that you're not doing an aerosol-generated procedure on and coughs without their mask, 
that's potentially more infected than you picking a drill up and adjusting a tooth in the patient's mouth. And there's, there's research that shows the level of not viable virus, but virus levels in saliva compared to that in respiratory. And again, not viable measurements. So these, me you got me going, you see, well, these measurements, we, we haven't got that viable virus measurements. So when you're, when you're talking about these two different procedures, well, actually, there isn't really a difference between the two procedures in the way that we should be acting for our patients. So it's either respirators for all, which is what Chris is sort of alluding that he's doing, or masks for all, but certainly some form of PPE for everything, so whether that's a mask and a visor or whether that's a respirator and a visor. And, and I, that's where it probably comes down to. The fallow time after that, well, then what you're asking for, if it's zero and a patient's coughed in that surgery, what's the risk when the next patient comes in of those droplets being up in the air? Is it, is it higher than an aerosol generated procedure? Chris, you've got the, you've got the, the equipment. And that's what we might find out from, you know, the research that's coming out. And it'd be, I mean, what I'm not hearing is anybody going to do the research on the viable viral count that's being delivered. And I think if you, it comes back to the triaging the patients, if you do your best with that, you triage your patients, you shield those patients that are potentially at risk if they do catch COVID, you stop those patients that are potentially spreaders. And I think the this story of these patients that are asymptomatic and spreaders, again, the science, which isn't robust, suggests that those patients aren't really big spreaders. They're not, they're not super spreaders. They are few and far between. So it's unlikely that you're going to get somebody that's asymptomatic being a big spreader of the virus. And then again, they have to, you know, be able to spread it. And I think if you're wiping down, you're getting rid of the formites, the droplets, then you're mitigating. We talked about that last time, but you're mitigating for it. So yeah, I, I'm, I am, you know, quite comfortable working with the PP that I've got. And, uh, you know, and I understand that other people are worried. I've got patients that are very, very nervous and I've got patients that are very blase. But I, I think that this kind of what, also gets me a little bit confused is this one rule for pubs and one rule for shops and one rule if you're outdoors and and one rule for dental practices and i just yeah anyway you asked me <laughs> i had a very good um, demonstration of how in a sense lethal an aerosol actually is in spreading in the practice it was it was it was it was it was, it was quite interesting yesterday um I was testing the vitality test with um, endofrost. So the monitor was behind me, about four or five feet behind me. And I was holding the cotton wool right next to me. And all I did was, that was it. And I turned to the patient to put it against the upper right five. In that short period of time, the monitor behind me went ballistic. It just went beep, 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 beep. And this radar just shot right across. And it, it was amazing that I just went Shh, and did that, and that gaseous aerosol just went straight into the air and went behind me and landed onto onto the onto the um, meter. And I remember my nurse and I both kind of turned around like, "What was that?" You know, and you could just see the meter went ballistic. You know, and therefore with that experience, whenever I do um, aerosol um, aerosol general procedures, I am so confident there is no aerosol because it just stays quiet and it stays at zero or one. Yesterday, it just went ballistic because that little tiny, shh, that was all I did on the, on the end of frost. And within seconds, it picked it up behind me and it just went ballistic. 
So that even con con convinces me, I know that our air is clean because if there's anything hitting the monitor, it will, it will register it straight away, uh, you know, but, but the thing, I, I think, yeah, with high volume suction and rubber dam, you know, you don't need an hour to, to, to hang around, you know, it's, it's crazy, really. Does that answer your question, Will? Yes. <laughs> what about you? What about you? If we gave the power to uh, Kate's oh, coming your way, by the way. Well, I think... I'm going to put the uh, crown on your head. Yes. First of all, I'd, I'd tax all dentists, like 50% of their earnings would, would go straight to me. Um, <laughs> of Mr. Trick. Of Mr. Trick. <laughs> Do you know what? Mine's almost a sort of reverse negative answer. And certainly... Certainly not 60 minutes. And I'm trying to think of something concise rather than talking for about 20 minutes like you did and still <laughs> not still not give me an answer. Politician, you see well. No, no, I did, I did give you an answer. I don't I don't think that dental aerosols uh, as are as risky as they're being made out that they are. And yeah. I, and I and I think that's the thing. They're not uh, everybody's sort of saying that dental aerosols are this big infective thing that we need to be worried about. And I disagree with that. I don't think they are. I, I think I'd probably err on that side and say, if you've got a well-ventilated surgery, which may be an open window or what have you, then I would probably almost say nothing. That's kind of what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. so you encapsulated that. that in 32 seconds <laughs> as a mental note going forward all questions go to will murphy yeah but you don't forget he, he taxed at 50 percent, so it's an expensive answer <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah it, it's going to cost you but you know you've got a lot more freedom to do your dentistry you see so yeah Fantastic. true yeah mm. Wow, you know, do we get delayed? Do we have to pay tax now, or can we wait until January? Like, uh, <laughs> no, now I'm ruthless about this. <laughs> Got to pay That's your dues. Answer, Will. <laughs> <laughs> you have been thinking today. You did say. I, I, I'd be. I wouldn't be taxing dentists. I'd be taxing politicians and pe public anybody that works at Public Health England public health. and yeah, uh, absolutely. HS, yeah, they're all... HSE. Yeah, they're on eighty percent tax for starters. <laughs> yeah, and the GDC straight off the bat. Yeah, oh, I, I, I'm going to edit that. On that note, yeah, can we can we cut that out? Yeah, live. What? Apparently, uh, <laughs> Boris and Matt Hancock is going to be making a very significant announcement today. Um, it was that pregnant. It's a lunchtime. They were making a very big announcement tonight. Apparently, I don't know what it is. <clears throat> Oh. oh, it must have been leaked by now. They've Usually these we will. Uh, well, Usually... Yeah, five o'clock, I think. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the new leader of dentistry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are not worthy, Will Murphy. <laughs> well, Listen, it's, that... not, it's not going to matter anyway, because oh, well. I'm, I'm a, I'm a goner in half an hour. Oh, Will, stop it. Dress <laughs> up like the stig, mate. Dress up like the stig. <laughs> On that note, guys, if there's nothing else to discuss then we'll bring this little webinar to a close um, lots to discuss yeah uh, bite-sized webinars <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> Guys, thank you very much again, each and every one of you on the panel. Um, we hope everybody out there has found it useful, interesting, humorous, etc. Um, we will be back next week, minus one person on the panel. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. He might make it through the drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. Thanks, everybody. Have a great evening. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you all. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.